0: We are continuing on our journey towards Veritas, and I have this, these slides for us to help us again have this image of this tree. Last week we talked about it, about this idea of a tree that has roots that go down, and this this trunk or this part of the tree that connects the roots to the fruit, and then at the very top we have the fruit that go out. Well, the first three weeks we focused on the roots, and we talked about the relationship, our relationship with God. The centrality of the Word of God. That we are focused on the Word of God as a people. And also this life-transforming walk with Jesus. That everything begins with our relationship with Him. But also, too, this idea of heartfelt worship. That worship comes out of the heart. Not just something that we show up to do on Sunday, but it's actually talking and and relating to God through worship. And then we talked some, this last four weeks, we've been talking about the tree, or the part that connects the root, our relationship with the mission that this tree, it grows in healthy community. And Mike talked about healthy Christian community. And we talked about sacrificial, generous, sacrificial and generous living and giving as a way of life. And also a culture of godly leadership, that leaders lead well, and they lead out of their relationship with Christ. And we talked about fruitful organization structures, though, if you remember, I couldn't really preach a whole sermon on fruitful organization structures. But I did talk about how growth comes with growing pains, and how we move through those well together and talk about them as a church. Well, today we're going to be focusing again on the fruit of the tree. We're moved into this last section of this series towards Veritas. We're in the home stretch here. The workshop is just a few weeks away. So we're going to be talking about the fruit, which is the mission, our passion for this mission of God. And today we've been focusing on the global perspective and engagement, the global perspective of God's mission. The difficult thing with with global mission, is it's difficult for us to move beyond our own lives. Most of us struggle to move beyond our own little world, let alone to consider and to work about or to pray about things happening in other parts of the world. It's difficult for us. We find it hard. But it's interesting, as we were listening to this passage, again, I think we see even the disciples sometimes struggle with this. They were preoccupied with their own ideas. Jesus was just before this in, in Acts. Jesus says, John baptized you with water, but it's coming soon, and these days coming soon, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And immediately the disciples pick up on this, and they begin to realize that he's talking about what they thought of was the end of days. You see, in their understanding, when, when the Holy Spirit came, or when God's Spirit came, that, and he was going to restore Israel. When the Messiah had come, he was going to make Israel the, the, the nation of nations, that everything else was going to come under, and God was going to change the world. So they're beginning to wonder about this. They ask Jesus, "Are you going to? Is now the time that you're going to restore Israel?" Now I don't blame them for this because they hoped for this. You can maybe you can imagine. I don't. know, It might be difficult to imagine what it would be like living in a country that was occupied by another country, living in Israel occupied by Rome, and it wasn't a nice occupation. They oppressed people. Rome dominated countries. They dominated other nations to keep them in line. And so they were hoping for restoration. They were hoping that Israel would be restored. That that once again they would be free to walk in their land as they used to be. But also too they had this hope and they heard these words of Isaiah. The words of the prophet spoke. When he said, when when he's speaking of God and God says to him, it's not enough for you to be my servant. But also, you're going to, Israel is going to, or the tribes of Jacob will be restored by you. That you'll be this light to the nations. I hear the words of Israel here, or the words of, of Isaiah. But I have to wonder. I can't help it. Maybe it's the skeptical side of me. But I can't also, I can't help but wonder if maybe they were also putting the pieces together with the power that they were coming into, or potentially coming into. If Jesus was this Messiah, if Jesus was going to be king of kings. And they're his closest friends. I can't help but wonder if maybe the disciples were starting to put two and two together here. Jesus is going to be king of kings. Our Jesus. The guy that we follow. The guy that we are next to. Do you know what that means for us? I can't help but wonder if that was going through their minds. So at very best, when they heard these words, they they thought of Israel. Restoring Israel. At worst... Maybe they're starting to think a bit selfishly about themselves, about their own power, about themselves becoming powerful in the nations. See, they had this idea of God's mission, and it was pretty centered on, at, at the broadest, their country, and at the worst, maybe just on themselves. We too struggle to look beyond our own lives. We live in a world. We live in a world where it's pretty commonplace. It's like the air we breathe is to focus on ourselves to be selfish, to be wrapped up in our own lives. Now, it's true, most of us are nice about it. Most people, even outside of our church, are nice about it. But when it comes to caring for someone at an inconvenience for themselves, they can't be bothered. When it comes time to sacrifice something that we have to care for others, uh, maybe that's somebody else's ministry, not mine. Or and I think probably this is more common among you is that we get really busy. Maybe we're really generous people, but we happen to be really busy. So busy with our work, with our job, with our company, trying to make things go well. So busy with our family, trying to care for our children, or and now for some of you, trying to care for your parents as they go into care. Our life gets really busy, and even gets busy with church. Doing things here, helping that we begin to lose sight of the global mission. We begin to lose sight of all the things that God is involved in and things that I believe He's calling us to be involved in. Now, whether it's selfishness or business or or busyness, you can see that the effect is the same. We get wrapped up in our own life that we forget about or we stop paying attention to what God is doing throughout the world. But here's an interesting thing, too, or surprising thing is that also, too, even our idea of theology can begin to undermine our global involvement. You know, we begin thinking of things like, well, you know, the local mission is important. Most important. You know, why would we go somewhere uh, into another world? <clears throat> why would we go to another country when there's so much need right here? I know in times of my life I've talked like that. But as I begin to understand, or understand what God is doing, as I begin to read scripture and hear God speak into my life, Begins to speak into us and explain to us what he's doing. Then I begin to realize that there's both and that we are called. Most of us, I believe, are called right here, the Cootneys. That's why you live here. But we also have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to God's people, to people who are not even who don't even know Jesus yet. We still have a responsibility to them, to care for them, to pray for them, to share the abundance we have with them, to be a blessing to them. But it's interesting thing too is that <clears throat> the disciples. Their theology, what they were caught up in, is the restoration of Israel. That was preventing them. They were caught up with, like, Jesus, are you going to restore Israel now? And he says, it's not for you to know the time or the date that the Father in his own authority has given. He says, but power will come on you when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, to all of Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In this, I hear Jesus saying, it's good for you to want me to come. It's good for us to wait for Christ's return, to be hoping for it. I too, I pray constantly, come Lord Jesus. But we can't let that distract us. When we get so wrapped up into dates and times, we miss the mission. And that's what Jesus has spoken to us about. He explicitly says, yours is the mission. It's good to know, it's good for us to live every day as though Christ may come back in this moment. The church from the beginning, this is how we've been taught to live. To be ready for his return at all times. To live faithfully. And that living faithfully, that looks like witness. Witnesses locally, regionally, to the ends of the earth. The difficulty is, is it's hard for us to get outside of ourselves. We struggle to to do this beyond our own life. To, to get beyond even our own uh, things that are happening in our lives. But he's called us to it. We can't be distracted. But I want you to take heart. Take heart. Because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power to change your own life. Power to change this world. The Holy Spirit comes with power. It empowers us to do this. I think it's often overlooked, but we, I we think we often overlook this, that, that the Holy Spirit comes and it, and it gives us power to change. The Holy Spirit begins with us, changing our heart. It's this old word called sanctification, but basically it means making us more Christ-like, making us more faithful. The Holy Spirit does this in us. It changes our heart, and as our heart changes, our desires change. The things that we used to desire, maybe that focused on ourselves, those aren't our desires anymore. We begin to desire things that are good for the kingdom, for God's kingdom. And this begins to change the world. So these two kingdoms that we have this choice of working on, the kingdom, our own tiny little kingdom that we can build, or the kingdom of God. The Spirit works in us, focuses, on the king, focuses us on the kingdom of God. That our priorities begin to change. That our priorities move from how much stuff we have and the status we achieve to the people that we care for. The people we help who needed it. The lives that we touch. The people that are changed through us. Our priorities begin to change. And the Holy Spirit works through us, changing us. And begins changing the world too. I don't know if you realize this, but you are world changers. You are sitting here. I know you probably don't believe me, but you are world changers. God is working through you to change this place. Working through you to encourage your friends to follow Christ by the way that you live, by the way that you encourage them. He is at work in you changing this world. It is by you. It is through the church. That Christ is bringing this world to himself. The Holy Spirit is giving you power. Power to go when God is calling you. To courageously go to places like Haiti, to the clinic there, to help and to, to encourage uh, Dr. Mano and, and Janelle and, and the people of the Canadian Conference who are already at work there. He's calling you to go to Ecuador, like Linda did a few months ago. Or to go to, to the wine and oil Christian center down in Takate, The church that we've been so involved in helping them the school that, that the stories and Walter and so many of you and Rick have been involved in, in building. There are opportunities for you. If God is calling you, go. Go and do these things. But the Spirit is also giving you power to send. You, many of you, are senders as well. Sending people out in this mission. Praying for missionaries. Praying for these short-term mission trips like our youth who went to Mexico a few months ago. Praying for them. Encouraging them. Providing resources for them. Time. Providing finances for, for missionaries to go and do this work. Praying for them. Encouraging them. The, power, the, the Holy Spirit gives you power to send as well. Not, just, not only just power to go, but also power to send. And the Holy Spirit will also give you power to change. That you, like I've said already, become the change people, the change agents in this world. The, the words that you speak, they have weight with people. Not because of you or the way that you say them necessarily, but because the God's Spirit is working in this. It's uh, humbling to me at times <laughs> when I preach and, and I think, oh, that was a horrible sermon or I don't know what I even said or did that make sense? And someone will come to me and say, that was, the, that was the most powerful thing I've heard in a long time. And I know, I know, it's not because of what I said, it's because of God's spirit in their lives. Because God is speaking through them, even through the things that I've said. That our words will have meaning. Our words will have weight with people. But also that the spirit will move and will have power when we pray. That we will pray for people to be healed, that they would be healed. That we would pray people would be comforted. People who've, who've maybe lost a loved one. Or their lives are falling apart. Or they've got some disease now that they don't know what it will mean for them. That we can pray for God's comfort in their lives. And it comes. The Holy Spirit does this. Or sometimes even the, the Holy Spirit convicts. We start talking with people. We start challenging them. Like, Do you really think that's a good way to go? Or even by the way that we live. People see us and they say, why do you do that? They say, because I I follow Christ and I believe he's called me to do this. And people are convicted by this. They begin to ask questions and wonder about following Christ themselves. The thing is, all of this depends on the Holy Spirit. This all depends on our relationship with the Holy Spirit. All this happens through the Spirit of God. Not by how clever we are or how polished we are, but by God's Spirit. This works through God's Spirit. And so we pray for God's Spirit to be present when we are speaking with people, when we are involved in the global mission, or when we are praying for our missionaries, that they too, that that God's Spirit would be there with them. That God's Spirit would be the one who's at work in their lives, at work in their ministry. But we also pray for the Spirit to guide us. We pray the Holy Spirit guide us as people. Help us to know what to do. How to to do the thing that would be most impactful in people's lives or how to know which which global mission to be involved in. Also, Lord, our Holy Spirit, please guide us that the words we say would be the words you intend. And then, Holy Spirit, be powerful. Use the words that we say, even the, the humble words that we say, use these to begin to work on people, to change people. That they would hear about you and want to follow you. So here's the good news. We will receive power when we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent. The Holy Spirit has come and is sending us out in mission. Sending us out, not just a mission here in the Kootenays, but God's mission throughout the world. You are a sent people. You are a people who have been sent by the Spirit. Because we serve a God who is a global God. A God who has been at work throughout the world from the very beginning before there was light and land and sea and air. God was concerned about the nations, concerned about all people. And it wasn't until the fall that people began to go their own way, that God began his great rescue mission for the whole world, to save this world. We see it already just a few chapters later in the first book of the Bible, when he's speaking to Abraham. He said, surely I will bless you, and your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the lands of their enemies. And through your offspring, through your offspring, I will bless all the nations of the earth. So God is working through a particular people, but his goal, his end goal is still the all the earth, all the nations. And this is picked up again in Isaiah. It continues through Scripture. When, he's speaking, when the servant is speaking of, of God, and he says, "This is what the Lord says: He who formed me in the womb to be His servant, to bring Israel ba- or to bring Jacob back to Him, to gather Israel to Himself, I am honored in the eyes of the Lord. My God has been my strength." He says, God says, God says that it is is too small for you to be my servant and just to restore Jacob or just to gather those of Israel whom I have kept. I will make you to be a light to the nations that through you, that through you, the the, the gospel that my salvation might extend to the ends of the earth. Even in Isaiah, these words come through. But this servant whom Isaiah was speaking of, we know it to be fulfilled in Christ. Jesus was this great servant of God who fulfilled this. Jesus in his life, the way that he lived, the way that he walked through Galilee, caring for people, whether they were Jewish, Sumerian, even Roman soldiers, Gentiles, the enemy, this mission was meant for all people. This salvation was meant for all people. When he died on the cross, his arms are wide enough to include the whole world, all who would believe in him. Then he rose again, giving life eternal to us. And he ascended at the right hand of God. And now he is Lord of Lord, King of all nations. Even Jesus was about this global mission. His final words in the Gospel of Matthew, All authority in heaven and earth have been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And truly, I will be with you to the end of the age. Or here today in this passage when he's in Acts. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Which in the Greek is actually the literally, you will be my martyrs. You will go and testify to Jerusalem, all of Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. God has been involved in global missions since the beginning. Right through scripture, God has always intended salvation of the world. And we are a part of this as his church. As followers of this global God, we are called into global mission to be a part of what he's doing throughout the world. So go testify. Go proclaim this news. Tell people about this God who saves, about this God who loves us so much that he would die for us and then rise again that we might have life forever. Maybe you're wondering, how do I begin in this? Maybe you're, maybe this is stirring something up in you, and you think, "Yeah, okay, I get it now. I'm supposed to be involved in global mission. What do I do?" Let me encourage you first to pray. To pray. Begin with prayer. Praying for the people. Uh, pray for the Congo or for the church, our churches, our brothers and sisters, covenanters in the Congo, as they gather together to worship. Pray for the kernels of hope ministry, that those fields, that those fields would testify to God's abundance. That they would overflow with grain and that grain would be sold and then matched by by the Canadian Food Grains Bank and then sent to the North Kivu region of the Congo. But that money would then be sent and used to help teach them how to farm better. How to be smarter and which seeds to use that would, would, would yield better crops or how to be better with water. Pray that the Congo or excuse me that the Covenant churches in South Sudan or Covenant Schools in South Sudan that they would be able to meet again. Just this week I was reading that there is a covenant school there that, that most of the students don't come anymore because the school was almost bombed. Pray for our brothers and sisters throughout the world, for churches, whether they're covenants or not, that are growing in, in Europe, or the, our brothers and sisters in China who meet underground, who meet secretly in their homes. Pray for the work that's happening in, in Ecuador. Pray for Pray for Ronnie. And his work in the Philippines. Or Betty and the work that she's doing in Russia. Pray for Alan and Rachel, the Wallies who are coming here in two or three weeks for the work they're doing in Indonesia. Begin praying. Discerning how God is calling you to be involved and then listen and then follow. See, when we begin praying, it's also a part or a time for us to begin doing as well. Lord, we pray for these people, for these ministries that you are involved in. Lord, show us how to be involved. Show us what we are called to do and give us the courage to do it, God. For so far as it's up to us, if we are called to go, maybe on a short-term mission, maybe on a mission trip to Ecuador, or to go visit Ronnie in the Philippines, or to go with with Dave and Deb as they go down to Mexico, or maybe to go to the Congo, or to Haiti. Lord God, give us the courage to go. And if maybe we're called longer, I know some of you have this mission hard on you and you're discerning. God, are you calling me to move somewhere? To move somewhere where they need to hear about you. Where people need to have someone come and tell you about you and live among them to encourage them. Be ready to go. But here's the thing. Like I've said a moment ago that I believe that many of you are called here. That's why you are here. So those of us, and I believe I'm kind of in this category, I'm, I'm a local mission guy. This is where God has put my heart, is in the local church. But I still know I'm called overseas. I'm still called to be a part of what he's doing globally. There are things that we can do, even while we stay here in the Kootenays. We can sponsor children. I can tell you about Hosua and Epiphany, the children that Tracy and I sponsor, the ways that we pray for them every night, the ways that we write letters to them and, and send them gifts for their birthday. The ways we talk about as a family, how can we help them have the same opportunities that our sons have? There are things that we can do, that we can be involved in projects. Uh, Compassion, World Vision, uh, Covenant World Relief. There are ways that we can be involved in water projects to provide safe drinking water for people. There are people in, this, in the world who they spend most of their day just getting water that's not even good for them. Water that is ultimately killing them because it's filled with the disease. We can be involved in these water projects. We can be involved in medical clinics, providing basic vaccinations, things that we take for granted, that we, it's funny, like even in the Kootenays, we wonder, should we have these for our children? Like Those diseases aren't even around anymore. In, in other parts of the world, these are killing children. Diseases that are easily curable. We can devote to projects, to, and maybe you're more of a, a, of a business person, you can devote money to, to organizations that, that provide microloans, or small loans into people that they can begin in an industry, a cottage industry, maybe sewing, or, or something in computers. Some, some way that they can begin to make money, even as much as a chicken. Provide a family with two or three chickens. That they could begin to sell the eggs and to buy more chickens and then employ other people as they begin to, to raise these chickens. There are ways for us to be involved and stay right here. I know this is big. I know a global mission can feel overwhelming. There is so much out there. There is so much need. There is so much violence. There are so many things that we, we feel overwhelmed. Hear me as I say this. We don't have to do everything. But we must do something. As followers of Christ, we must do something. We serve a God who loves us like crazy. And this God also loves the rest of this world like crazy. Imagine what it would be like Imagine where we would be if a few hundred years ago someone said, you know, we've got enough problems right here in Europe. I don't know that we should really send any missionaries to North America. Imagine what that would be like if we didn't know about Christ. There are people in this world who still have not yet heard the name of Jesus. We are called into this global mission because we serve a global God calling us to be his witnesses, to testify to him, to be his witnesses here in the Kootenays, here in Canada, to the very ends of the earth. This is the mission that we're called to. Amen.